Chapter 15 of The Wyvern Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joan Wendell, Hampshire, Illinois. The Wyvern Mystery by Joseph Sheridan Le Fanu. Six o'clock came and seven, and not until half-past seven, when they had nearly given him up, did Henry Fairfield arrive at the Grange. "'How does Madame Fairfield?' bawled Master Harry, as he strode across the floor and kissed Alice's pretty cheek. "'Odds bobbins,' as the man says in the playhouse, "'I believe I bust ye, did I? "'But don't let him be angry. I wasn't thinking, Charlie, "'no more than the fellow that put Farmer Gleason's fippin' note in his pocket last Trutberry Fair.' "'And how's all ye wi' ye, Charlie, eh? "'I'm glad to see the old house is still standing with a roof on since last gale. "'And how do ye like it, Alice? "'Rather slow, I used to think it, but you two wise heads are so in love with one another. "'Ye'd put up in the pound or the cow-house or the horse-pond for the sake o' each other's company.' "'I loved her sweet company better than meat, as the song says.' "'And that reminds me, can the house afford a hungry man a cut of beef or mutton and a mug of ale? "'I asked myself to dinner, you know, and that's a bargain there's two words to sometimes.' "'Master Harry was a wag after a clumsy rustic fashion, an habitual jester, "'and never joked more genially than when he was letting his companion in for what he called a soft thing, "'in the shape of an unsound horse or a foolish wager.' His jocularity was supposed to cover a great deal of shrewdness, and some dangerous qualities also. While their homely dinner was being got upon the table, Honest Harry quizzed the lord and lady of Carwell Grange in the same vein of delicate banter upon all their domestic arrangements, and when he found that there was but one sitting-room in a condition to receive them, his merriment knew no bounds. "'Upon my soul you beat the cobbler in the song "'that lived in a stall that served him for a parlor and kitchen and hall. "'For there's no mention of the cobbler's wife, "'and he being a single man, you know, "'and you and your lady double the wonder, don't she, Alice, Two faces under a hood, "'and a devilish pinched little hood, too, eh? Ha, ha, "'When did you get to Wyvern?' asked Charles Fairfield, "'after a considerable pause. "'Last night,' answered his brother. "'You saw the old man?' "'Not till morning,' answered Henry, with a waggish leer and a sly glance at Alice. It was lost, however, for the young lady was looking dreamily and sadly away, thinking perhaps of the old squire, not without self-upbraidings, and hearing nothing, I am sure, of all they said. "'Did you breakfast with him?' "'By Jove, I did, sir.' "'Well?' "'Well, nothing particular, only let me see how long his stick is.' "'His stick and his arm together, say, five feet six. "'Well, I counsel you, brother, not to go within five foot six inches of the old gentleman "'till he cools down a bit, anyhow.' "'No, we'll not try that,' said Charles. "'And he may cool down, as you say, or nurse his wrath as he pleases. "'It doesn't much matter to me. "'He was very angry, but sometimes the thunder and flame blow off, you know, "'and the storm hurts no one.' "'I hope so,' said Henry, with a sort of laugh. "'When I tell you to keep out of the way, mind, I'm advising you against myself. "'The more you and the old boy wool each other, the better for Hal.' "'He can't unsettle the place, Harry. Not that I want to see him. "'I never owed him much love, and I think now he'd be glad to see me a beggar.' "'Harry laughed again. "'Did you ever hear of a bear with a sore head?' said Harry. "'Well, that's him at present. 
and I give you fair notice, I think he'll leave all he can away from you. So let him. If it's to you, Harry, I don't grudge it, said the elder son. That's a handsome speech, bless the speaker. Can you give me a glass of brandy? This claret I never could abide, said Harry with another laugh. Besides, it will break you. I've but two bottles, and they have been three years here. Yes, you can have brandy. It's here. I'll get it, said Alice, brightening up in the sense of her housekeeping importance. It's, I think it's in this, ain't it? She said, opening one of the presses inserted in the wainscot. Let me, darling, it's there. I ought to know. I put it there myself, said Charles, getting up and taking the keys from her and opening another cupboard. I'm so stupid, said Alice, blushing as she surrendered them, and so useless, but you're always right, Charlie. He's a wonderful fellow, ain't he? said Harry, winking agreeably at Charles. I never knew a brand-new husband that wasn't. Wait a bit, and the gold rubs off the gingerbread. Didn't old Dulcibella... How's she? Never buy you a gingerbread husband down at Wyvern Fair? And they all went, I warrant, the same road. The gilding rubs away, and then off with his head, and eat him up slops. That's not bad cognac. Where do you get it? Don't know, of course. Well, it is good. Glad you like it, Harry, said his brother. It was very kind of you coming over here so soon. You must come often, won't you? Well, you know, I thought I might as well, just to tell you how things was, but... Mind, is anyone here? He looked over his shoulder to be sure that the old servant was not near. Mind, you're not to tell the folk over at Wyvern that I came here, because you know it wouldn't serve me no ways with the old chap up there, and there's no use. You may be very easy about that, Harry. I'm a banished man, you know. I shall never see the old man's face again, and rely on it, I shan't write. I don't mean him alone, said Harry, replenishing his glass. But don't tell any of them, Wyvern people, nor you, Alice. Mind, I'm going back tonight as far as Barnsley, and from there I'll go to Dawling, and round you mind, south, by Lee Watton, and up to Wyvern, and I'll tell him a thumpin' lie if he asks questions. Don't fear any such thing, Harry, said Charles. Fear? I'm not afeard on him, nor never was. Fancy, then, said Charles. Only, continued Harry, I'm not like you. I hand a house and a bit of land to fall back on, do you see? He'd have me on the ropes if I vexed him. He'd slap Wyvern door in me face and stop my allowance and sell my horses and leave me to the assizes and the lawyers for my rights. And I couldn't be coming here sponging on you, you know. You'd always be welcome, Harry, said Charles. Always, echoed his wife, in whom everyone who belonged to Charlie had a welcome claim. But Harry went right on with his speech without diverging to thank them. And you'll be snug enough here, you see, and I might go whistle and Dickens a chance I'll have left but to go list or break horses or break stones by jingo. And I have run risks enough in this thing of yours. Not but I'm willing to run more, if need be, but there's no good in getting myself into pound, you know. By me, Harry, you don't imagine I could be such a fool, exclaimed Charles. Well, I think ye'll allow. I stood to ye like a brick, and didn't funk nothing that was needful, and I'd do it over again, I would. Charles took one hand of the generous fellow, and Alice took the other, and the modest benefactor smiled gruffly and flushed a little, and looked down as they poured forth in concert their acknowledgments. Why, see how you two thanks me. I always says to fellows, 
Keep your thanks to yourselves, and do me a good turn when it lies in your ways. There's the sort of thanks that butters a fellow's parsnips, and so say no more. End of chapter 15